the volume. It's the best gambling show ever presented by FanDuel. Football season is here and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has also a ton of ways to play. You got the spread, the money line, the over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. You can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same game parlay and even try out same game parlay plus. So use promo code Monaco and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. Disclaimer, 21 plus in select states. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com forward slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342, Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana, visit ksgamblinghelp.com, Kansas, 1-877-770. Stop Louisiana 18778 Hope New York or text Hope New York 467369 Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789-1-800-522-4700 Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia. Welcome into another episode of the best gambling show ever. Alex Monaco chilling with Liv Moods. We survived somehow week one. Liv, want to give a quick shout out to you, though. Live Moods now with FanDuel TV, Twitch, YouTube. Tell us a little bit about it. Very excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's just going to be Monday nights before Monday night football. We'll talk all things Monday night football. Um, It's a very interactive stream. You know, it's just like, Hey, get in the chat. Let's talk crap. Let's recap Sunday. Let's shout each other out. And then like, let's hammer a first touchdown play and watch it hopefully cash together. So it's a very casual, like, let's hang, let's have some fun. Um, you know, cause I think it's important to remember that betting is supposed to be fun to a certain extent. So not getting so caught up in the numbers and the, you know, the records and everything. It's like, let's just sit down, have some fun, watch some football and play some bets. So I'm very excited about it. It'll be Monday evenings, nights, I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern time from the FanDuel YouTube and Twitch, and it'll be a good time. So come hang and and yeah, it'll be great. Let's go. I'll definitely come in uh, to see what first TD scores <laughs> come in. Well, let, let's give you the floor here. Everyone's still talking about yesterday, Monday Night Football. Obviously, you're in the home city. Denver, I, I'm I'm speechless. I chased. I, I knew I was on the wrong side after that first touchdown drive, but to go down with Broncos money line. I was on the Manning cast. I was not watching the live. I was chilling with Eli and Peyton. I I don't know if you saw that live. Peyton sitting there for 30 Come on. seconds. Yes. Didn't yes. even have money on the game. Just couldn't believe it. Some of the worst 
clock management I've ever seen. But on to you. What, what was your assessment of last night? Um, I have some feelings. Number one, Geno Smith was on his WVU ish last night. I mean, I <laughs> did not anticipate that version of him. I don't think a lot of people did. I have never thought Geno Smith was awful. You know, I've been a huge fan of his because of the West Virginia connection there. Um, I'm just that way. Like when, you know, I, I typically fall, I really fall in love with players more than teams most times. And so Geno Smith, having been at West Virginia, and that is deep in my family, I've always rooted for him. Did I anticipate him facing a, a Denver defense and looking that stellar? No. Like, not at all. I think he he looked really great. Um, even more so, I think that that game boiled down to just mistakes that the Broncos cannot make being a team in the AFC West. I mean, fumbling the ball twice in the red zone, practically in the end zone. I'm pretty sure they were both at the one-yard line. Yeah. Um, I do think there were some BS calls by the refs. The refs, it kind of felt like they had um, the Seahawks in a parlay. That was the last leg of their parlay before they cashed. That was kind of the vibe I was getting. However, the decision to pull your $250 million quarterback with two timeouts left, pretty sure there were 20 seconds on the clock, down by one, it, no, it started at 50 seconds. It started at 50 seconds. They took 30 because Shannon Sharp was on. He's, you know, he's diehard Denver. He goes, well, so we took 30 seconds. Like, I'm about to slam this whole Hennessy right now. Literally, he was like, what? They, they were all beside themselves. You, you, you pay this man $250 million. Like, you know that he's capable of going for it on the fourth down. Why on earth did you think a 64-yard field goal was an appropriate decision? Like, to me, that game boiled down to crappy coaching by the Broncos and an awesome performance by Geno Smith. That, to me, was exactly what we got. I think Russell, it felt like a game where he was... I do think the pressure kind of got to him a little bit of being in Seattle, starting the game, being booed. You know, there was a lot going on, and I think I could tell that he wasn't super comfortable there. But come on. I mean, what? that decision was from, just ignorance to me. From Russ's standpoint, Liv, why was he letting the play clock go down to 3 two, one? It must have been six, seven, eight times. I'm screaming, hike the ball. I You've been in that stadium for a decade. You think you would be able to use that to a little bit of your advantage when you're a visitor. And also, I'm sorry. I love Melvin Gordon, but put in Williams. What is I going know. on here? Like the, the moment that I saw like in the red zone, Gordon lining up, I'm like, okay, are we watching two different football games here? Williams cannot be stopped. He's a freaking monster truck. Put him in the game. I, I, I just don't know. There were so many things last night. I mean, the Moody's were dropping F-bombs. My mom could not believe it. I put a video up on Twitter. My mom is like, another effing fumble. Like, we were going there. I, I check that out. Honestly, I cannot. It was a tough game to watch as a Broncos fan. I think it was a very exciting game to watch if your team was in the AFC West because yeah. there was a lot of hype around the Broncos getting Russell Wilson, and they did not look good. So, I don't know how to feel. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm just frustrated. It was yeah, a frustrating we'll, loss. We'll, we'll, we'll bookmark it. But the, the irony real quick before we move on of Russell at the one yard line against Pete Carroll, not being able to figure it out. And I swear, were they over there going, well, let's not do what he did in the Super Bowl. Let's run it. When really a shotgun run on the one. Are we in college lit? 
it was, it was horrible. There was so, I could literally talk about this for two hours about how many <laughs> moments I was like, what the hell, but it is what it is. You got to take the L you got to move on. I think it was a learning lesson for Hackett. I think it was a learning lesson for Wilson. Um, I think they just needed to get that out of their system and hopefully they can move forward and, and not do what they did last night. Cause that was awful. Yeah, it was it was a tough loss, but as you alluded to, big for the AFC West. Can't afford to lose any games in that division, so uh, we're going to be hoping Thursday night one of the better teams comes and and catches a W because everyone else is looking somewhat somewhat competitive. I know the Raiders lost, but they, you know they came back at the end. But let's get into this weekend's lines here, and, and yeah. we're just talking money lines. I'll throw out what the spread is. Uh, but I want to get your initial thoughts, you know, early leans, if you will, on the money line. We're starting with the Dolphins at the Ravens, two teams, one and O coming in. Everyone kind of was on the Dolphins to win the to beat the Patriots. I don't think we saw it in that kind of a convincing fashion. And then, of course, the Ravens took care of the Jets, rightfully so, against Flacco. This is a three and a half point line, though. Ravens are, of course, favored. How are you seeing this one out the gate? I love the over in this game. I feel like the line is low considering you've got Lamar Jackson and in a a pretty explosive offense from this Dolphins team. I think it goes back and forth the whole game. So I really like the over in this one. As for a side, I lean Dolphins um, because I think they are a little bit more of the whole package here. Um, I think Lamar Jackson, there's only so much he can do on his own. And I think heading into a game, like I'm not downplaying the Ravens win in week one, but it was against the Jets. And I think facing a team like the Dolphins is going to be a real testament to how well-rounded this Ravens team is. So I do lean Dolphins in this one. I kind of want to stay away from a side though, and just ride with the over that line seems really low to me. And I think I can, I could see that over hitting very, very easily. Yeah. I, that over under scares me. You're bold to come out with the over in that one. Gotcha. But I, I mean, the two defenses gave up what nine and seven. So they're two very quality defenses. So that this scares me a little, but I think the Ravens are absolutely going to win this game. I said, absolutely. I think this Dolphins team, they didn't run the ball well at all. And now we're talking about a, a DB collection of men that includes Marcus Peters. You saw Williams get off, get a pick. They got (laughs) Humphrey. They got Kyle Hamilton. There's so much talent in that DB collection for the Ravens. I'm going to be fascinated to see how they match up with Waddle and Hill. Waddle was kind of held in check against the Patriots. He had that one long touchdown. Otherwise, you know, four for 69, you take that away. A very quiet day. Hill, you know, humble Hill numbers, eight for 94. But they didn't run the ball, and they actually didn't run the ball with Baltimore either either against the Jets. Jets have shirt up their run D. I think this game comes down to playmaking, and I don't see I don't see much playmaking of this Dolphins team against this Ravens defense. And I think Lamar, who you know, it was, it was a lot of out off the field kind of conversation with the contract and everything. He was coming in, a, I would say, a little distracted, right? Who else represents themselves at, at the contract right. table while you have to get ready for a game in the same week? So a lot going on in his head. He still came out, went for 17 for 30, had three tugs. I love to see Bateman and Duvernay getting involved. Uh, both caught tugs. I, this team came out in that third quarter, 14 nothing. They gave up three points till the fourth quarter. I know it's the Jets. I know it was Flacco. But I, I'm not 
I'm not super, super convinced of this Dolphins team yet. I, I think we're crowding them a little too early. And I, as far as a hierarchy goes in the AFC, I got to lean Ravens. Fair enough. Not little, little, long, little long-winded there. We'll, we'll shirt up for the second one. But the Patriots at the Steelers is a pick em right now. One team won that shouldn't have. The other lost and maybe should have. How do you see this one? 0-1 versus 1-0. Steelers. Yeah. 100%. And listen, go live. Go live. I was on Steelers Plus. You called it. I gave you, you props. I gave you props. You. Called I went it. one and two. I went one and two on Sunday. So I did not have a super great day. But when when my video got posted to the public of my bets, the one that took the most heat was Steelers plus six and a half. People had a very large wow. issue with that bet. They didn't question Jags money line. I can't talk about the Jags right now. That's for another day because they absolutely crapped their pants. Um, they didn't talk about Baker's over on his rushing prop. They only had a problem with Steelers plus six and a half. And that was the one that hit. So I was very, very, very impressed with this Steelers team. I think there was so much doubt about Mitch and what he was going to bring to the table. He did not look bad, actually. I actually thought he had a lot of great moments in that game. Their defense looked awesome. Now, TJ Watt having a torn peck. Um, don't love that for the Steelers. That is that's a huge loss. I think he's out huge. minimum six weeks, potentially whole season. So that sucks, especially because I have over seven and a half wins for this Steelers team. So I'm selfishly like, what the hell? But awful injury to TJ Watt. That is a huge loss to their defense. But I mean, I got to credit that whole defense. I mean, they really looked awesome. They looked awesome. Like to me, they were arguably one of the strongest defenses coming out of week one. Um, I'd probably put the bills up there as well. I loved this defense. Defense wins championships. I'm unimpressed with the Patriots. I, I told you however many episodes ago I was taken there under week one. They looked so unimpressive to me. So Steelers is absolutely the way I lean in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think you you could you could sit there and go, wow, the the Steelers offensively, you know, not Harris got 23 yards on 10 carries. Trubisky threw for under 200, but then you could say, well, they still want with Harris Cohen for for 20 something yards and and Trubisky being the game manager that he is. That pick six out the gate with Fitzpatrick, five Joey Burrow turnovers. I mean, you were you were sharp as heck on that. That was an unbelievable pick, and it was a unpopular one. A lot of people, except for sharps, were on that, and that's that. That's for people listening. Divisional dogs, you get that many points. I said you, it. How you have to separate these divisional games? They're they're outliers. In divisional I know you called it in week one. I love them. Like I, I, it is not in so many people. Again, when I made the video and said. I, I, I could see the Bengals having a little Super Bowl hangover here. Everyone was like, she knows nothing. What? A hangover from the Bengals? They, if, if hangover was, if you Googled what hungover looks like, it would probably be a picture of the Bengals in week one. They looked, <laughs> I mean, it was just like, what is this the Joe Burrow that like blew people away last year? Now I get it. Here we are talking about their O-line getting all this improvement and getting all hyped up. Like, yes, he finally has help. It didn't look like it. My God, it, it didn't look like they made any improvements at all. So I don't I don't want to go there because it's only week one, but the Bengals could be a giant flop this year. And I hate to say it because I really, really love Joe Burrow. I've got a jersey in the closet. I mean, I love him. I love that team, but that was tough to watch. If yeah, you were already... a Bengals fan, that was tough to watch. 
Yeah, they're already like plus 290 on FanDuel. Ravens are plus 110 if you want to nab them before this Dolphins win. At plus money might be the last chance you get them. I, I feel I feel very confident about the Steelers at home here. I, I, I do. do. Yeah, I do. I do think your assessment of the Patriots is great. I heard I forget which analyst was calling the game. They look slow. There's no separation from any of the receivers. And they didn't even try to establish a run game, which is scary because that's really Belichick's MO is get that run game going. Mac Jones looked frustrated. I think he's hurt too. This line may have some movement. We got to go Steelers here. Totally. I agree. This one's interesting. It's at three right now. Bucks minus three at the Saints. I already I already know without asking. I mean, you were you were two and oh in this series last year. I, of course, went down with Tampa. I'm so impressed with Tampa. I had a minus two and a half Sunday night. Felt great about it. They looked incredible on the defensive side as well. How do you see this one? Jameis on that fourth quarter comeback. God, what is with the Saints coming back? Like, I mean, I feel like there's so many games where I'm just like, oh, God, here we go. Another version of the Saints that's going to irritate people. And then you blink your eyes, you go and grab a coffee, you come back and you're like, what? (laughs) That's how most of the games on Sunday looked, though, honestly. Like, you couldn't take your eyes away. Shout out to NFL Red Zone because it was like there was so much happening in week one. It was nuts. But it's interesting here because the Saints play Tampa Bay and Brady really stinking well. And this Saints team has a very impressive defense um, or they are expected to this season. Uh, Offensively, it really kind of boils down to Jameis Winston, but he seems to handle pressure pretty decently, which is kind of it's like one of those things I want to trust him, but I, I can't like, I don't know why I'm not there with the trusting thing on, on Jameis Winston, but Tom Brady and the bucks looked exceptional. Um, I was thinking we were going to get a Tom Brady that was distracted and sad and, you know, fighting with the wife over the unretirement. She did tweet during game day and said, let's go Tom Brady. So maybe they're patching things up. I don't know. It's not my business. But they looked great. Um, so this game for me. Tell I, me. Come, come to the ship. Come to the pirate ship. Come this way. It's, you know, it's not too late. Literally, I just tweeted today. I said, from now on, primetime games, home underdog, and the public favoring the favorite, the public heavy on the favorite, I got to take the points. So here's Depending the thing on- though Liv, the Thursday night the public was on the Bills favorite and the but there were a lot of Rams tickets there were more Rams tickets Thursday night than there were Seattle tickets last night yeah no last night was there was ugly. a little more of a you could make an argument of like okay the public's kind of split last night there was no argue I mean everyone was like minus six Broncos lock like Everybody was on the Broncos. I got I got to credit our our fellow uh, gambling brothers they did, on that. On they the, were on the favorites. right side. They yeah. were on the right side. Chad yes, called it. He, it was so ugly. I, I mean, it's so ugly. I, again, you have to do awful things in betting to win. Sometimes I I, I would I swear a hundred out of a hundred I would have taken the Broncos with the points. I, honestly, I, I could not believe what we saw last night. But but back to the present. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Uh... You got time. I, I, yeah, I have time to think on this one, but this is a tough one. It really is going to depend on where the public's leaning and where that line goes to. I want to take the Saints because they're at home and they play Brady very, very well. But God, how do you watch what Brady and the Bucks did against the Cowboys and not want to back them right now? Like that is that game to me is like, 
I think it's going to be a heartbreaker for whoever's on the wrong side because I feel like it's going to be a really stinking good game. Yeah, I mean, as far as early season form, how, how do we feel good about New Orleans? They had 10 points heading into the fourth against the uh, Falcons. Right. But then they come back. They always do that. They always manage to figure it out. And that's yeah. the scary part. They're yeah, almost, that's true. This might actually be a game where you you get a live line spread. You take the Saints at halftime. If they're down against this Bucks team at half, you take them at, at a live line. That might be the way you bet this game because. It, but Liv, what's if they're giving up twenty six to the Falcons and letting Cordero Patterson <laughs> run for over a hundred on five point five yards? Fifty to twenty five or something. I, I mean, with how good <laughs> playoff Lenny ran last last Sunday night, I, I I just think, I just think this Bucks team. I think they're in better form right now. I, this There's no continuity from last year with the Saints offense. It's going to take a little bit of time. Kamara did nothing, 9 for 39. I, I look at what this defense did with Tampa. I don't know why Kellen Moore didn't try to establish a run more. That was their only shot. Dak was 14 of 29, lived for 134 yards. I know he got hurt, but that doesn't really count. He, he was unwatchable. He was yeah. unwatchable. Yeah. I, I think I, I got to go Buckster. I'm sorry. I hope. The public jumps on the Saints because I, I I feel really good about it. The hook comes. It's a whole nother conversation. Grab right. a minus three. I think I got to do it. All right, let's hop into too high, too low. Just right, live early lines. Let's start out with the Bengals and the Cowboys. This was Cowboys favored before Dak went out. We're going to see enormous probably tickets coming in on the Bengals here. Minus seven and a half. How do you feel about this line? Probably just right, considering Dak being out. I think if Dak Prescott were playing, it would be way too high. Um, but I mean, God, I was not really impressed by the Bengals. So I, I these to me are two broken teams right now. Um, so I think the number's probably right where it should be, considering arguably the most valuable player on this Cowboys team. Um, how valuable he really is is up for discussion at another time. But their most valuable player on this team is now out with an injury for six to eight weeks. I think you're going to see a lot of lines like that when the Cowboys are playing. So I'm going to I'm going to say just right. Um, but I mean, after watching the Bengals, this is not a game that I'd be betting at all. Yeah, I guess we got to call it just right. It's a hard game to to try to sit here and cap with a backup quarterback. Uh, Nine-ish points of line movement, though, without Dak shows you how important he is to that team. We'll call it just right. I, I don't know where else you could go with it. Maybe it goes up to eight. But yeah, Bengals off a loss. We were pretty good last year. So we'll see if they can shake off that rust. Uh, this one is interesting. a lot. NFC North, divisional battle. Everything we just talked about. Packers. Versus the Bears, nine and a half point line. Yeah. So I know that Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Okay. But the version of Aaron Rodgers we saw on Sunday was embarrassing. I'm pretty sure I said, and you can find it in the archive, that Aaron Rodgers was regressing this season. I said that. He showed that on on in week one. And I know everyone was like, oh, I know he lost Devontae Adams. However, you know, he's going to be just fine without Devontae Adams. He didn't look just fine to me at all. So there needs to be some serious, like, improvement offensively for the Packers before I back them. Nine and a half points against a Bears team that just upset the 49ers. I, I got to go Bears plus nine and a half here. That number feels a little high. I'm not impressed with the Packers. You already know I think Aaron Rodgers has taken a step back this season. So too high. I'm taking the Bears. 
It's high. Uh, this could be a trap, though, because of everything you just said. One team looked good. One team looked bad. It's a week-to-week league. We know this. He does own them. Uh, the defense uh, for Green Bay didn't give him any help. Uh, humble outing, but just let Jefferson pick them apart. I think it's exactly where it should be, believe it or not. I mean, this team was number one against the spread and straight up at home. So it, it's a real, real home field advantage for them. As long as, like Colin said, Rodgers cannot be what he was, which is old Aaron, which is your rookie drops a ball for a tug in the first quarter. And then you don't even look him in the face till the third till the late in the third. You can't have that. You got to figure right. out a way to wrap your arms around him. I'm going to say just right. I'm sorry to our producer, Matt. I know he's a Chi-Town native. I, 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 for some reason, this could be a 10 point win. And, and there it is right there. But that's that's my quick takeaway. It's high, though. It's high on first look. I got to call it where it should be, though. This one, I think, is way too high. Niners way minus eight high. and a half versus the Seahawks. Way too high. Yeah, way too high. I mean, if you get, if you have Geno Smith even play half of what he looked like last night, I mean, just make completions, just make plays, just get the ball moving. You are going to be fine against this 49ers team. They were unimpressive. I mean, this is coming from someone who has the 49ers going to the damn Super Bowl. I mean, I'm watching that game going, uh, I got this wrong. I really got this wrong. So eight and a half, the 49ers, what did they do in week one that the Seahawks didn't that deserves eight and a half points? That's absurd. Absolutely not. I would argue the Seahawks opponent was stronger than the 49ers and the 49ers yeah. looked like garbage. So eight and a half, that seems disrespectful, actually. Um, way too high. Take the Seahawks to cover. Yeah, I think it's a little high. I, the only the only thing that's a pause for cause for concern is the weather. They always say that in betting. Once weather comes in, it could be wind, could be rain. You got to look at the game differently. So how do we look at the Niners and the Bears coming after that? I mean, that was not a no one prepared for, you know, Shamu and all over the field, literally. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, it's too high. I think it should be around six, six and a half. But again, short week for the Seahawks off an emotional win. A, a San Francisco loss at home. It, this is the NFL. So I'm, I'm not, I know, I'm not I know. It's too high. I'm just saying I could see the, the Niners coming in and, and establishing some dominance there. And last but not least, curious your thoughts on this one. Broncos still get nine and a half against the Texans who easily should have won that game, but drew, drew a good old European football push and got a, got a tie against the Colts. I think I have to plead the fifth on this one, Monaco. I, <laughs> honestly, I'm going to this game on Sunday, which now I'm like, do I even want to go to this game? You got to go. I, I, I'm going to go. But honestly, nine and a half feels a little high. It feels a little high. It really does. I mean, I, I love my team. I love the Broncos. I think on paper, they are a much stronger. They are a nine and a half point favorite squad against the Texans. But based off of what I saw with my eyes, they do not deserve nine and a half points. I can't go off of what's on paper because if you do that and you ignore the fact that they just lost to Geno Smith and the Seahawks, you're going to lose money. So I don't like the nine and a half. It feels high. Um, the Texans put up a fight. Uh, they looked half decent. The Broncos did not, in my opinion. I do, I do blame a lot of the Broncos, you know, tragedy last night on some bad coaching decisions. And obviously that's something that you, you hope and expect them to fix in week two. But based off of what I saw, nine and a half feels a little high. Yeah, a little high. I do think the Broncos bounce back in a big way. Texans, 
you know, week one adrenaline. We saw it in a lot of spots. So, yeah, is this team for real? I don't know. I'm almost more concerned they were up 20 to three and blew that in, in record time. So, I, I like the Broncos to cover, but I do think it's a little high. It is. You're right. It is. Well, <laughs> That wraps Tuesday show. We can all kumbaya on Thursday because it's Chiefs first Chargers. So we got Ooh. all in on AFC West talk on Thursday. Yes. I'm, I'm excited for it. Me too. Should be a good one for Liv. I'm Alex. Enjoying the best gambling show ever. We'll see you on Thursday. Talk Thursday night football. See ya.